Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. In 1981, I became golf correspondent of the Irish Times, and that uh, led me into a serious interest in the game of golf and those involved. A leading figure in Ireland at the time was Harry Bradshaw, so inevitably I, I, we crossed paths. I did get a golf lesson from him in Port Marnock. As usual in these things, when a journalist meets sports person, there's talk about uh, projects like books or recordings of some description. Because Harry's son, Harry Jr., happened to be a, a sound recordist with RTE, I had this idea that we do uh, a special project on Harry. Now, Harry was obviously going to be telling me a lot of different stories about different times in his career, and. Um, it was fairly clear that we would need some form of linkage um, to tie one segment with another. So Neil Tobin struck me as an obvious man for this particular job and um, I approached Neil and uh, as a keen golfer, apart from being a great artist, yeah, he was happy to help and we did the job. The idea was we would have a sort of a fireside chat because Harry, Harry Bradshaw, the Brad, as he, of course he was known, was essentially a storyteller and uh, no better format in which to exploit that than in a fireside chat. We then had people, we needed people to prompt Harry about his more famous stories. And uh, Harry set the tapes rolling and that was it. When the British Open returned to Royal St George's sandwich, it revived memories of one of the most controversial incidents in the history of the event. By that stage, the fifth hole, a sharpish dogleg to the left, had become a 422 yards par 4. It was a par 5, however, when Harry had a costly encounter with a broken bottle there at the Open in 1949. When I arrived there, you know, I didn't know many players. This was after the war now, you know, I didn't know many of the players. I arrived there and I went to the pro. It was up in the name over the door, White, an old man. And I went to him and I said, Mr. White, any chance of a good caddy, you see? He said, what's your name? I said, Harry Branch. Where do you come from? I said, Dublin, you see? And he calls up to Liam, you see? And it was about 20 to stand there. And he called, Liam, come up here, you see? And um, he comes up and he said, this is the best caddy on the course. He said, I know what you're going to ask me. If he's the best caddy in the course, why is he standing with the rest of the cowboys down there, you see? He said he was the caddy for America and his wife taken ill and he rang up the night before and he couldn't make, so that left the caddy um, high and dry. So uh, he went out to play anyway and... He, I take my shoes out in the hall, went inside, you see, and he told me this, I met, the, I met this caddy, I remember Port Marnock, 
three years ago and he told me this story and he said, Mr. Uh, Why, this is a right stew when you fix me with mm. you see? Oh, he said, you never know what these Irish boys can do, you see? So I went out and I picked up a, a doctor, this Scottish pro said, there's a doctor in there from Hong Kong. Uh, would you play make a four ball? I said, all right. So I picked the aunt introduced me to the doctor and he is partner. So they said we play for two pounds, you see? So I um, said, all right, off we go anyway. And... Um, he used to go, I'd have the first with him, have the second, Eddie, have the third, have the four. Now he'd go six, 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 six at all. And the next four holes he'd go birdie, 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 birdie. You see? And I used to hold him up, and we'd win those holes. Then he'd be on the sixth trail again. And I used to hold. And we, we played two games that day. Uh, another game, the afternoon one. That afternoon we played uh, the next day. And. Um, we played again and won in the afternoon. Then we go over to Deal, that was the second course. And uh, we played there two rounds and we won both matches. You know, two pros be on their own. And you might as well play a four ball to two ball because everyone plays four balls, as you know. And we came back then to Sandwich on the Saturday and uh, we played two rounds and more and two and they had never beaten. And uh, he said, I think I'll give up my profession. He was a doctor. He said, I think I'll stick to you, Harry. This is money for old rope, he said. So, um, Caddy came in and uh, he said, Harry, you weren't a shot over 70 for those rounds. And uh, when I said, Liam, I tell you, if I win this, I'll give you £100. He said, I'll do everything in my power. We went out and <clears throat> I came to the um, 18, it was off last, half past four. So, and... Um, Ken Bowsfield was in with 69 from about half past one. And there is 69 shining on the board. Next came 271s. And I came up to 18. I had this long pass on the last screen at Royal St. George's. And I rolled up and it's hanging over the lip of the hole. There's one spectator there and he said, Great putt, old boy. You see, and I tipped it in, walked to the side where he was standing. He said, I hope you had a good score. I said, if that putt had a drop, it would have been 66. By Jove, he said, you lead with 67. Nobody's beaten 69. So that was all right. Um, I had, went over then. I'm first out then at Deals, which is down the road four or five miles. And I'm out first eight o'clock in the morning. And I knocked it around there in... Uh, 72. And there's my score on the board, 139 shined. They all had the two Americans and, and Bobby Lockday had 140. So I had them be a shot and I got 50 pounds for that. And um, and I'm in having a sandwich in, in the tent anyway. And Leonard Crawley came over to me, you see, and he said, by Joe Bradshaw, he said, you nearly got me sacked. And I looked, I nearly got you sacked. Yes, he said. He said, at six o'clock, he said, I looked down the programme, he said, and he said, none of these plumbers have come near 69. So he goes back to the Royal Hotel at Deal, and he writes his story, sends it on to Fleet Street, and um, he's um, you know, enjoying dinner, he said, and he's a great man to drink at last. He must have drank dozens and dozens of scotch whiskey. Never take a small one, always. Learn. And he said, I had a wonderful dinner. He said, I'm sitting with a party, having a large scotch after dinner. And the page boy comes along and, and he said, uh, page Mr. Leonard Crawley. And by Jove, he said, excuse me, what could this be? So 
So a voice from Fleet Street said, uh, what do you mean, Leonard, Ken Bowsfield lead? And there's a, there's a fellow from Ireland named Harry Branshaw in with uh, 67. You know? And he said, he said, you nearly got me sacked, you see. Well, I said, a blind pig finds an egg corn sometime. I said, and I found it, I said, this afternoon. I said, 67. And then we went on the... Um, I led the qualifying, and then they got fifty pounds. And now the quips are out. The um, open really starts now. One round of Wednesday, one a Thursday, and two a Friday. I always finished on a Friday, two around. So um, the late Jimmy Adams, he went around in sixty-seven. Um, I was sixty-eight, and uh, Bobby Locke was sixty-nine. And the next day, then I got into trouble with the bottle. At the fifth hole. What happened there, Harry? What did well, I hit a good drive down. I hit a second shot. Quite, it was only a two wood, it was a power five in those days. Very tight tee shot. And I hit this and it just tailed off the fairway about four feet into the semi rough. And when I came down and looked at this, half the ball in and half out in the bottle. Right. And but Harry, when you, when, you, surely when you saw the ball in the, in the bottle, I mean, what, what were your feelings? I mean, did you get an awful shock? You must have I, I did, a heart yes, I did get a terrible shock, Eddie. Oh. Yeah, and um, I didn't know what to do, you know, and looked at the clubhouse, seemed to be two miles away. And uh, I waited there, and about three couples passed. You were looking for a ruling, were you? Well, yes, I was looking for a ruling, and you must remember in those days, there was no walkie-talkies, there was no no telephone communications or anything like that, or these electric buggies flying around. I didn't know what to do. I said if I put me fingers and drop it out, I might be disqualified and all to that. But what I should have really... Could you not have waited, you know, not have waited for, well, a, for a... Well, what I should have done... A, a decision. What, see, it never happened in the history of the, the mm. game mm. before. Well, there must and, be, I mean, how did you feel standing over a bottle? was played it out, yeah. drop another drop ball another, over yeah. me shoulder and right. continue with the two balls and then come in and had a five with this ball and a six with this and leave the rest to the committee. Just, the the rule last an eye. You could have lost an eye there, Harry. I mean, if well, you, you know, when, you I hit turn, when I hit the Trump head was coming near the ball, I turned my head away from... Glass went everywhere. But, <laughs> but there were no officials around at all. I, there was I can't no, understand. No, very no, hard to understand. No, they're all in the clubhouse, you know. What club did you play, Harry? I played uh, number nine, I was, yeah? yeah. And it was about but 50 have, yards yeah. from the green, and I knocked it out 15 yards out of the bottle. And the hole cost you? me six. Yeah. I three-putted the next two greens. I had to settle down. I said to myself, after three-putting after being in the bottle and having a six, I said, if I don't settle down now, I won't qualify. So I got down to and finished the round in 76. Bobby Locke had a, some trouble at the canal hole, which is the 14 to par five. His ball landed and broke right out of bounds. And he had a seven at the hole, and he finished um, 76. And uh, then, of course, I'm out first um, the next morning. The leaders weren't out last in those days. And there was Sam King and Max Faulkner. They were well up. And we went into the third round, and I'm making the go now before Bobby and Max Faulkner. And um, I knocked in 68 the next morning. And Bobby knocks in 68. And Max Faulkner, I don't know what, I think he had 71 or something. And... Going into the last round were 213, Bobby Locke, Max Fork, and myself. As I said before, I'm making the going, you see, and I knocked 70 in the last round. And I'm in an hour before Bobby Locke, and I have this 11 
yarn put on the last screen. I had a wonderful caddy, best caddy at Royal St. George. And um, he said, Harry, I'm playing with Wally uh, Smithers, and he missed the green with two iron on the left, and he chipped in four feet from the hole, and uh, he marked the ball. My caddy, when he was chipping in, he said, Harry, hold this and you'll win the open. I said, Bobby Locks out in 32. He said, doesn't matter. And I was one more at 33. And he said, doesn't matter. He said, this second nine is tough, he said. And he said, you just for 69. He said, if you knock it in, you'll win. And um, I hit the putt anyway, and it was rolled up, stood on the edge of the hole. I could have blown it in. And just Wally Smith has jumped in the air. Once, twice. He thought the vibration of his feet hitting the ground had it dropped in. I got that near. And anybody who played at Royal St. George's, it's a tough finish there. Mm. 16 is a short hole, 17 is a great power, and the 18th. And um, he wanted seven to tie with me. My score went up on the board, and he had a chap, and he seemed to me to be manager there, you know. And... Um, when my score went up on the board, 2-8-3, this chap, I saw him rushing across the 18 fairway down to Loch. And he got Loch on the, Bobby Loch on the 17 tee, had hit off. And he said, how are you doing, Bobby? And told him, he said, you want seven to tie? He said, are you sure? Seven. That score's gone up 2-8-3. A 17's a tough short, it's, it's, it's a tough power four, plateau green. Bobby hits the drive up, knowing that... He has to get a birdie here. And he had a five iron then, 14 yards from the green. And the putt coming from right to left. And he looked into the hole. Those Irish doctors told me afterwards. I wasn't down looking at this. And he said he hit it up at the right, came right up and in. And the last hole I was looking at, and he hit a drive in a two iron. He told me afterwards. I, we all rushed out to the green. And he hit into the bunk on the right of the green, a nasty bunk. He splashed it out four feet and hauled the putt. And he, he beat me on the playoff. What was, what was it worth to him? And he came in and he said, Harry, this is worth 30,000 to me. What would it have been worth to you, Harry? But I suppose I'd have got about 15 out of it, yeah. But you, Harry, you must have got 15 out of it anyway with all the, with the, with the stories that well, have gone on. I got like, Harry, 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 there was the cameras on top of the roof of the cars and they yeah. filmed the ball on the edge of the hole, you see. And I went into the Savoy the, um, next week and there was showed in the Savoy and my ball's hanging over the hole like in a movie tone. And uh, I said, my eyes is playing tricks with no ball. Half was hanging over the hole. So that was Tuesday. I went back Friday night, you see, and a chap in the uniform at the door said, you're not back to look at it again. I said, I am. Yeah, my eyes is playing tricks. He said, that ball's there to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that finished that story. <laughs> Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select seat-only reservation free travel scheme and pay just two euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations, and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again, and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. 
plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Well, I played, um, the first uh, year I played in, in the Ryder Cup was 1953, Vincent, at, um, at Wentworth. Wentworth, yeah. yeah. And um, I was drawn with Fred Daly, and um, we're the only two to one to force, and you had to play 36 so The rest of us, four force, and we're the only ones that won. I know... Um, John Panton and uh, the late Jimmy Adams, they were beaten on the 11th in the afternoon. Uh, Sam Sneed and Lloyd Mangum. You met Lloyd Mangum, yes, Vincent, can you see? In Carnegie. You know him well, a great player. Yeah. Right? And, um, he was drinking at 3 in the morning. He, he said, <laughs> I might as well drink, he says, because Hogan will win. He says, I have no chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Peter Alice and... Um, Harry Wheatman, the late Harry Wheatman, they were beaten two and one, and Diaries and Ken Bowsley, they were beaten three and two. So it left, um, it left Fred and myself come up to the 18th, were one up, and I hit a bad drive on the left and semi rough, and Fred hit some two wood right up, you see. Mm-hmm. And I was now 25,000 uh, people there, and we're hanging out at Beach Trees now, and you're all on the right of the green, and the, the, the branches cracking. Look out there, look out, the fellas falling to the ground, you see. And I had this shot, Fred hit a colossus, I had this shot of 60, maybe 70 yards, and I walked up, and my two knees were knocking, looking at this crowd. I never played in, in front of a crowd like it in my life. And I came back, and I said to Fred, um, I don't know whether to play a nine up there or a ten. I had a nine and a ten, you see. And uh, he, he said, just play what you like. And he thrown his hands up to the sky. And the mere fact of him doing that, it gave me a lot of confidence. It doesn't matter what club you play, so to speak. He didn't say to most fellas, to say, now leave this close and I'll hold the putt. He didn't say anything like that. So I knocked it in six feet. And Fred hold a pass. And I've always said, hey, Mr. Green, that I nearly hold a chip for an E. And there was a mad rush for uh, Fred. And you know, only the police were there. I've often said it to Fred, only the police were there did they knock Fred into the hole after the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having an overview to Lindrick uh, at the time. I was, uh, what year was Lindrick? 57. That was uh, 57. I remember the night before you, you, you were playing Dick Mayer, who was the American Open champion at that time. There was only one won the foursomes there, the late uh, Di Reese and Ken Bowesfield. Yeah. Christy and Eric Brown, uh, Tommy Bolt and Dick Mayer, they beat Christy six, seven and six. Yeah. Christy said to me... Um, after the foursomes, there's two rounds, Friday, two or Saturday. He said, who are you playing? I said, I'm playing an American chair. Oh, he said, Brad, I feel sorry for you. Putting his hand, covering his face. He's after beating Eric Brown and Chris Seven and Six, him and Tommy Bow. 
and uh, and said, I, I knock in pot, pot for pot with him. He played some great bunker shots in that. I remember, I think it was, was it the second or third hole? Third hole, hole of bunker shots. Yeah, great bunker shot. And I won the first, second, and third going on. And walking to the uh, forty, he said to me, he said, you're a great trap player, Harry. You see? And uh, I said to him, yeah, it's a hole four or five in a row, as a rule. He said, what? <laughs> I said, I hope you don't hold him this morning against me. <laughs> I was giving him the old one and two. But he was a hell of a nice fella. But anyway, I, I three-putted the ninth both times, only for that I had them. It was a double borrow. Remember the green when you were there, Vince? You me- yeah. Remember the green? And I used to take the wrong borrow. And I three-putted. It was the father, Jack Solon. Yeah. From Banslow, and he was a good. I used to play a lot. He was a two handicap, and there's a big Murray. Remember the big Murray, the ten gallon hat, there? millionaire. Remember him there, Vince? Big, and he's standing drinks to everybody there, and they were sitting down in the Royal Hotel in Sheffield, sitting down the lower end of the lounge, and about twenty. Them, and Father Jack is with them, yeah. and. Um, well, I'm sitting away here, ten fellas up the top side. And there they were chatting away. And they came over, went over all the games, you see. And they came to my game. I was last playing Dick Mayer. Oh, he said, Harry Branshaw, there's no chance against Dick Mayer. No chance. Oh, be Goran's father, so. And told me this afterwards. Hey, Goran, you know, ten new champion or no champion, he won't get it all his own way. He said, I play a lot for Monocle's Harry. And he put a dick to the pin of his collar. Oh, I and one more borrowed another anyway. And he said to Father Son, I give you 50 to one, he beat. And Father rushed for the, the wall at the back pocket. So <laughs> he'd never get, get the wallet out quick enough. 50 to one on a two horse raid. And he said, uh, Padre, what do you. They, the Americans called him Padre. And he said, Padre, um, what do you want? I'll have 10 pounds worth of that. Gentleman's agreement. Put that wallet back. He puts it back anyway. And, of course, we finished all square. And he went to pay him. And he said, Padre, I said he'd be him. And I'm paying. You know, he said, you're too decent for money, he said. And I wouldn't accept it. He, he didn't take. But he could have taken the bet. Yeah. But uh, 50 to 1 in a two-horse race. But, Harry, in that, in that uh, Ryder Cup match in Lindrick, wasn't uh, Christie had a, a bit of an incident with uh, Dove Finsterwald. Oh, yes. I, I always remember you telling me that this is one of the, the great uh, proofs that you had that Christie was, you know, was an iron man, that he yes. had the nerve in his body. Yes, <clears throat> Christie's playing Don Finsterwald and he won the first Christie going off and he won the second and the third hole is a short hole there and the boat went over the green and Don Finsterwald played first. He knocked it back, back about 10 feet and Christie knocks it back five feet. So Don Vince the wall put it up and left it on the left edge of the hole and he walks up and uh, picks the ball up. And uh, Christy said, Don, he said, I'm afraid you have to leave that ball back. No, he said, I'm not leaving any ball back, you see. And then the referee steps in and he said, Mr. Vince the wall, I'm afraid you'll have to leave that ball back. Mr. O'Connor is the sole judge whether you touch that ball or not, you see. So he said, come on, Christy, I'll give you the hole. Christy came down to him on the 14. He said, sorry, Don, about that. He said, after all, I'm playing for a country. And he said, forget about Christy. And I'm waiting on the tea, you see. And um, I saw Don Vincent 
cracking the driver off the ground, walking to the next tee. And I said, something must have happened there. And it wasn't too long till I knew. I think every Irish doctor in England was there following Christy and myself. And the Irish doctors told me what happened then, walking to the fourth tee, you see. So anyway, um, we came in, we had lunch and sat down and... Christy, I heard about that instance that happened on the turn, and I said, now, this afternoon, I said, you want to knock in every pipe. It was only two or three inches from the hole. I said, knock it in, because this fella will watch you. So anyway, um, it came to the ninth in the afternoon. Christy was on the green. Vince the Wall was over the green. Vince the Wall chipped it up seven feet. Christy nearly hole from 20 feet, just slid by the hole. And I went about 11 inches past, you see. And Vince of all walked up, hold the path, and uh, picks the ball up and starts walking for the next tee, looking over his left shoulder like that, you see. And, of course, Christy takes it for granted, he gave him the putt, and uh, Christy picks the ball up and walks through the gallery to the next tee. And when he gets to the next tee, the ball is teed up. And Christy said, Don, I don't think it's your honour. He said, uh, that was a half hour. No, he said, Christy, he said. Um, I didn't give you that putt, he said. After all, I'm playing for a country too, he said. And Christy gave one look at him, you know. And he said nothing. And uh, he's the only golfer in the world, to my mind, that's do it. He, he birdied 10, birdied 11, and eagle 12. And they shook hands on the 12th <laughs> Now, there's no, to my mind, other, uh, the number of golfers have fallen apart when that has happened. Mm. You know, knowing that the hole was half, and by this little incident, he lost the hole. Uh, but um, he fired Bardy, Bardy Eagle. That was the end of the story. I'd say the yeah, celebrations sure. must have been absolutely fantastic after that. We were drinking champagne, never forget it. We were drinking champagne until <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. What's yeah. that, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they hadn't won since 1922, and they went mad. Of course, Harry, um, a year later, uh, you, were, you were drinking champagne with Christy uh, after the Canada Cup out in Mexico. Yes, it was a long way to go, Eddie, and we're the last team to arrive. One of the last team to arrive was German and Dutch team and ourselves, and we're the last to arrive there. So when we arrived in Mexico, one of the Gulf Federation men came to me and he said, we thought you were not coming, about 20 to 4 their time in Mexico. And I looked at him, he's a huge, tall man, about six, six in height. And I said to him, well, I said, we have a very old saying back in Ireland. He said, what would that be? The last shall be first. Yeah. 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 And, uh, of course, we won it. It only came to me after it was all over and he tapped me on the shore. He said, you remember what you said to me when you arrived in the tarmac? Uh, at the airport, I forgot all about it, really. It was just something to say, yeah. Because you, you didn't get much time to practice. Uh, you, you didn't get many holes practicing. No, we only years. played... We only had time for 27 holes. Hogan and Sneed, were, they were there uh, for about a week practicing. And uh, we just arrived, we played 27 holes, and that was it. Right. And wasn't there something about uh, at the banquet, weren't you, sitting with all these Australians? Yes, and we had the big banquet then, uh, that even before the, uh, the, the Canada Cup started, and um, Hogan and Sneed was sitting on the table, Canada, and... Um, 
uh, Australia was sitting at the, the same table, you see. So when it was all over, it was half past 11 that night, we were walking out, and I said to Christy, I said, the, the winner of the Canada Cup was sitting at, at our table tonight, and he looks at me, you know, and he said, uh, he said, you're telling me, not known. And I've often meant to ask Christy, what's that? I had my mind fixed in Sneed and Hogan, and I, I, I often meant to ask Christy, and uh, it never came around <laughs> to it. You're not a rogue altogether. I'm sure you've got a few shillings vets on you, Harry, and tell you, it's here to take them up all right, you know. What sort of a course was it there? Was well, it a- <clears throat> It was on the style of uh, Hermitage, wooded course, but much longer than Hermitage. Yeah. It was um, a line with trees right and left, you know, and you had to hit the ball very straight off the tee. Mm. And uh, on the style of Hermitage. Yeah. And the weather was... You- and the, the weather was very hot there. Very yeah, hot. Very, yeah. very hot, you know. And so didn't you get a bit of advice from, from the late J.D. McCormick about... Yes. Well, Dr. McCormick, I used to play every Tuesday with some of the famous D... J.D. McCormick, and he was out there the year before in the doctor's conference, and he said, Harry, I played in the course, you're going to play the Canada Cup. And he said, this course is up your street, he said. But you have to do three things. And I said, what's that? Bring a shooting stick, eat very little. That hurts us a wee bit that time. (laughs) And the next, talk very little. (laughs) The altitude there was so high, you know, right. you'd be exhausted there if you're talking a lot. Yeah. So I passed the word on to Christy, and it worked. Like it worked very. It certainly worked for me. Do you play the famous shot out of the out of the water at the fifth hole in in, in Mexico? Um, what, what was the stuff? Was it? It was about a two hundred yard well, part it, three. It, wasn't uh, it was over two hundred yards. Uh, I played a four wood. Uh, about 215 yards and I played this four wood and it wasn't a bad shot just missed the green be about mm. six feet and I hit the slope right down into this water mm. you see and I I get and looked at this and, and uh, Christy um, looked at me came down and had a look at him, and you know Christy turned and he said I said I'm going to play it you know and there was trees on top of the hill mm. and there was an opening there about four or five feet apart and I spotted this off I said to Christy I'm going to play it you know mm-hmm. so I played it anyway and Christy turned his back and I walked away you see as much as say the best of luck to you you know and I hit this water splashed up everywhere and the ball went through this opening the tree and when I get up there's four feet from the hole and I was so excited mm-hmm. I didn't even try for the putt <laughs> you know I said this it could have cost me anything Eddie this putt uh, this, this shot you know, but Harry, isn't there great? Isn't there a significance between the, that fifth hole in Mexico and the fifth hole in Sandwich? One yeah. I had to play over bottle, and the other there was water yeah. splash. Glass yeah. went everywhere. Uh, it was a splash of glass in one and a splash and of water a splash in the other. Splash of water uh, in Mexico. Yeah. So the fifth hole on these golf courses are not too yeah, I'm sure kind to li- me. Yeah. I'm sure you'd like to skip playing them, Harry. What? Yes. <laughs> after yeah. all that, you yeah. know, we would, would would the Canada Cup have been the greatest achievement of your golfing career? Would you? Yes. think? <laughs> well, I, I won the um, Dunlop Masters twice, and um, and I won the PGA, and I won our own championship. Won the Irish Open twice, nineteen forty-seven and forty-nine, and winning the Canada Cup was the um, biggest moment in my life. And we're very proud when we got off the plane at Chan. A lot of people there to agree us and all to that. And I think it was the biggest um, moment in my life taking the Canada 
Cup back to Ireland. Harry, having won the Canada Cup um, yourself and Christy, you then had to go on uh, and play one of the Miguel brothers in the uh, in the individual. You know, my heart and soul wasn't in it. He hold just put off the green on this third tie hole, fourteen yards. But I was I was really delighted winning the Canada Cup, and. Uh, uh, the individual didn't mean all that to me. I'd have loved to win it, mine, bring the double off, but it wasn't to be, huh? Yeah? 